Well, new year and a new series, and the word Excel has just been jumping out to me. And I want us to go to a theme scripture for the next few weeks. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 7, and this is what it says. But just as you excel, there's the word jumping out because we, you know, underlined it ourselves, but uh, hopefully it's also jumping out to you in your heart, just as you excel in everything. And here's not an exhaustive list, but a good example in faith and speech and knowledge and complete earnestness. And in your love for us, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. My prayer for you is that this would be a year that you would excel. And that word with further definition means to overflow with abundance. So today we're going to talk about the subject of faith. And my desire for you is that you would overflow with an abundance of faith in 2014. Right now we are victims of marketing that culture is trying to uh, exploit our dissatisfaction right now, dissatisfaction with the amount of money we have, dissatisfaction with our bodies, dissatisfaction with our cars. And as we go to a new year, we start thinking, could this be the year I have more money and I get more fit and I get a promotion? And the Lord cares about all those things. So it's not wrong uh, to want some advancement in those various areas, but compared to our faith, nothing compares. And in fact, I, I would say, suggest to you, and I know the scripture says this, that when we get our faith right, when we increase in our faith, then all of the other things, God blesses those. All of the other things that are important to the world, the Lord blesses when we have our faith correct and we're growing in faith. So I just wanna challenge you right away of all the different objectives you have and goals you have and dreams and hopes about excelling, about overflowing with abundance. Think about one year from now, because this is the time we start marking our lives. Where will your faith be? I mean, where are you going to be spiritually? How close will you be with God? Because echoing what Deborah said earlier, we have to be intentional about this, guys. I mean, our faith won't excel and overflow accidentally. We need to, and we have the opportunity to make choices so that in the future, our faith is stronger than ever, that Christ is more and more at home in our hearts, that our love for God and people has expanded and grown to where it overflows. So that's kind of my thoughts for this year, my thought for you as we go into the new year. And those are some things I'm hoping for my life. There's another issue that I'm dealing with in my life that I wanna share with you. This issue is kind of embarrassing, but I trust you guys, I love you guys, so I think I can share it with you. It, it kind of started as I traveled, about every six weeks I'll travel for various reasons, and it started in a hotel room, and then it spilled over into my rental car, and then it affected me on the airplane, and then when I got back home, the same problem existed in my office. The same problem existed in my home. I wanna share with you now, son, would you help me show everybody what this problem is? Indulgent trail mix. 
this stuff is wicked. You start off and you think, this is a good snack. Now, Pastor Matt, he's kind of our health nut, literally, around here. So, Matt, this, this sounds like stuff you would approve of. Uh, cashews and peanuts and almonds, that's good stuff, right? And then we kind of go into cranberries and dried fruit, which is kind of iffy. This is where we fall off the cliff. A decadent mix of white chocolate and peanut butter drops. Now, here's, here's the issue. I'm a goner for this stuff. If I'm around indulgent trail mix at any time, if I'm around, it's gone. If there's an open bag near me, I cannot resist. I cannot help myself. So it's an issue. And so here, you girls on the front row, you can eat it because enjoy church, you know. So, th- so that, that's my problem. There's one thing. I have to avoid this stuff because I have no resistance whatsoever. When we're talking about excelling in our faith, here's the first word I want us to talk about is the word avoid. Avoid. And here's the deal, guys. There are some things in your life and in my life that we simply need to avoid. Bottom line. That's not a popular message. That's not an acceptable message because in our culture, the idea of resistance or the idea of saying no to anything we want or the idea of delaying pleasure, the idea of resisting anything seems negative. So it is that we have kind of wrongly been programmed to think that saying no is a bad thing. But the truth is this, if we want to excel in our faith, there's gonna have to be some things that we say no to. And for us as Christians, some of those things are universal. I mean, some things we all need to say no to, and we could define those, but I think in your heart, you know what those are, that there's certain things we all need to say no to. But then also in our lives, as individuals, there's certain things we need to avoid that are particular for our lives, our personality, our habits, our past. Like for me, it's the trail mix, right? See, some of you can handle trail mix. Some of you can, you know, portion out just a little handful every day and that bag could last you a month. That bag doesn't get through the afternoon if it's around me. So I've got to avoid that. Here it is. There's things in your life you need to avoid that maybe you're sitting in this section and something you need to avoid, someone in the middle section don't, doesn't even have to worry about. But the truth is this. I, I want to give you, I want to give you just a truth you need to understand. There is something in your life that you need to say no to. I want, I want that to sink in for a second. For you to be everything God wants you to be, there is something in your life that you need to say no to. And we go now to a very helpful scripture in Galatians chapter five. It's a long passage, but it's gonna help you start your year out right. I say then, walk by the spirit. And that's talking about Specifically, the Holy Spirit, not just the spirit of man or a good personality, but walk by the Holy Spirit and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh for the flesh desires what is against the spirit and the spirit desires what is against the flesh. These are opposed to each other so that you don't do what you want. I think we've all been there when we've done things in our flesh that doesn't please God and we regret it. 
Here's the answer. If you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are obvious. Let me just pause there for a second. We have a great capacity as human beings to make excuses for our sins, to justify our sins, to make it seem like certain sins don't apply to us, or to even wrongly believe that somehow we have enough good stored up in our equity that we can participate in something bad and, and our good outweighs the bad. And so all we always justify our sin, right? And, and often we'll uh, wonder, well, is this a sin or is that a sin? Well, here, here's what I want this scripture to reinforce in you. If it feels like a sin and smells like a sin and looks like a sin, it's a sin. The scripture says, now the works of the flesh are obvious. And just to help us out here, it gives us list, sexual immorality, moral impurity, promiscuity, adultery, sorcery, hatred, strife. Now we get into the Christian sins in the church, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, envy, envy drunkenness, carousing. Let's just stay there for a second. And anything similar. I love that. Anything similar. That reminded me of when I was a youth pastor. Uh, I, over the years, developed this long list of rules that every rule was attached to a story because teenagers are very creative in uh, figuring out things to do. And the most important rule was the last rule. And that was this. Rules can be added at any time. And that's kind of what we're seeing in this passage. We see all these sins and anything similar. I mean, if it feels, smells, looks like a sin, it's a sin. Going on in the narrative, it says this. I tell you about these things in advance, as I told you before, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But here's the alternative. Because God's not just about us avoiding for the sake of discipline. He wants to open doors for more in our life. With God, saying no to sin is saying yes to him. Saying no to the flesh is saying yes to the spirit. Saying no to things that we want is saying yes to things that God has for us that we can't even imagine how great it is. And so it is, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, Self-control. Against such thing, there is no law. Now, those who belong to Christ, which I'm assuming is most of us, have crucified the flesh with its passion and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, we must also follow the Spirit. Here's the deal, guys. We give a whole lot of credit to the devil. More credit than the devil deserves. A whole lot of credit to evil spirits. And now we've justified our behavior through our personality. And we say, well, this is just the way I am. And this is my genetic makeup. But here's the deal. There is a very simple but effective antidote to sin. It's saying the word, no. No, I'm not going to participate. Even if I want to sin, even if that's appealing, 
even if that's desirable. I mean, the scripture is really honest here. It, it appeals to our desires. It appeals to our flesh. But we have the power to say no. You are not a victim. You are not without self-control. You are not someone who has to do what the enemy wants to do or you have to obey an impulse or desire. You are a person who can say no. No to what the flesh wants and yes to what the spirit wants. One of the most powerful things you're going to do this year is simply saying no at an opportune time. A close friend of mine who is in another state, in his profession, it was in the education profession, he began to feel like he was getting too close to another female, and he was married. And he told me the story. He told me it really impacted me and how simple certain encounters are in our life. He was leaving work in the parking lot and in the parking lot, he could see this female had positioned herself to encounter him. And as he's approaching her on the way to his car, something in him rose up and said, it stops now, it stops now. And so he, as he approached her, he said hello and kept walking to his car. That's the power of saying no. And it ended right there. It ended right there. He could have stopped and prolonged the conversation and entertained the thought. And who knows what could have happened. But we can avoid sin. What is your trail mix? I mean, what is that thing that you can't handle? What is that thing you need to avoid it? There are some people some places, some things that you just need to avoid. And I don't care who thinks you're weird, who thinks you're strange, who thinks you're extreme, who thinks you're radical. We care more what the Lord thinks. We want to please the Lord. We want to do what the Lord says. And avoiding evil is not bad. It is not old-fashioned. It is not constrictive. There is freedom in the Lord when we obey him and we avoid evil and do everything he wants us to do. Now, I know a lot of you are thinking about nutrition right now because this is the time of year that we come off the holiday food and we begin to, you know, think of new habits we need to create. And I'm not going to give you expert advice on this. I'm on the journey with you, but I do know this. Here's your nutritional motivation today is nutritionists, let us know this, is that the food we take in, we metabolize and that which is not waste is either used as energy or it's stored up, or it makes us feel bad, right? Literally this, literally, we become what we eat. We become what we digest. This is a physical reminder of a spiritual reality. If you want to excel in faith, here's the second observation I wanna give you this morning is this, the word digest. What are you digesting? to build your faith? What are you feeding? What are you participating in that is causing your faith to increase and to grow and to expand and to develop and to be everything God wants it to be? Here's a really powerful scripture. In the book of Romans chapter eight, verse 17, it says it this way. Faith comes from hearing. Faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. We are people who we purchase our thoughts. We purchase our thoughts through entertainment, through education, through relationships, through the way we spend our time. And so it is that 
what we hear, the, the thought process we hear, the things that come into our ears and into our mind and settle into our hearts determine the level of faith we have. So I just wanna be clear right away. I wanna encourage all of you to make church attendance and participation a high value in your life. You, you need to be in church. All of you need to be in church. All of you need to be part of it. Your kids need to be in Awana. Your kids need to be in our children's programming. Your teenagers need to be in Exit 7 Youth Ministry because what you hear and the thoughts you think form your faith and it forms who you are. 242 is a great way for you to be in Christian fellowship with other people. And the relationships you form, form the things you hear. And the people who are closest to you help you form the messages of your life. And so this is a tool for you to get in deeper fellowship with other Christians. And I want you to look at those dates up there. Between now and May, there are only six dates up there. That's it, six dates. And I just challenge you to make those six dates a priority. In fact, make those six dates a non-negotiable. To say, those six dates, I'm going to invest in Christian community because I need other believers who are giving me the correct message, that are praying for me, that are helping me with God's perspective on my job, on my children, on my marriage, on my entertainment, that are helping me figure out God's ways. Because see, this setting, it's me with a microphone talking to you. But 242 is a way for you to meet in a small group and to talk with one another. And what an awesome opportunity that is. And so it is, guys, that we have a chance to grow. Because ultimately, we don't wanna live from Sunday to Sunday. We don't wanna live from, if we're a teenager, from youth camp to fall retreat to the next mission trip. God wants us to hear his voice on a regular basis so we can digest the things he wants. That's why I wanna encourage all of you to have a Bible reading plan. And you can go to Version, and they have some wonderful Bible reading plans. And those are some great techniques. My family is using those. Now me, I'm old fashioned because I like technology, but when it comes to reading my Bible, I like the old fashioned book. You know, I like the feel, the leather. I like the way the paper crinkles when I turn the page, you know? So that's me. And what I've been using for years is something available to you today called the five by five by five Bible reading plan. It's this, you can read the New Testament in one year, five minutes a day, five days a week. There's five suggestions on how you can, you can dig deeper. And I wanna encourage you to have a plan because if you don't have a plan to read the Bible, I'm gonna promise you this, you're reading less of the Bible than you realize because this is a self-accountability tool. What I love about this plan is at the communication center that there's 25 readings a month and we have 30 to 31 days a month with the exception of February. So it understands, it gives you some flexibility, it gives you some breathing room and it would be a great thing for you to do. There's also a plan to read the complete Bible. And there's something within us, we always say, I wanna read the complete Bible. But until you've done the New Testament, don't do the complete Bible because it's kind of hard. It's really hard. Some years I get through it, some years I don't. And I get paid to read the Bible, so, all right? So I suggest you start with that New Testament plan or go to version and find a plan 
because it is important that we are digesting everything God wants us to, that we're hearing the word, hearing it through services, through daily devotions, and through relationships. That's an important way that we hear the word. During the Civil War, if you've studied that, you know this, that the Union under President Lincoln had a problem. Here was a problem. The problem wasn't with their troop strength because they had more soldiers in the Confederacy. The problem wasn't with the resources because all of the industrial resources were in the North, not in the South. So they had plenty of guns and ammunition and all the resources soldiers needed. They had more men than the Confederacy. Some would argue they had more trained leaders even though there were many great leaders in the South. But here was the issue, especially under General McClellan, but others in the North. Whenever the Union would get the Army of Virginia cornered and Lincoln would tell them, it's time to go. This army that was bigger, better trained, better prepared, they wouldn't fight. They wouldn't finish the job. They wouldn't engage. General McClellan loved to drill his soldiers. He loved to inspect his soldiers. He loved to analyze different ways they could attack. But when President Lincoln needed him to finish the job and attack, he and other generals like him were very, very reluctant. Here's the last word I wanna give you on this first Sunday of the year. To excel in our faith, to excel, we, we need to engage, engage. Here we are, we're people who we avoid sin and we digest the things God wants us to do, but then there's a time to engage and participate in the things God's called us to participate in. James chapter two says it perfectly when it helps us realize this. Pardon me, it's chapter one, verse 21. It says, therefore, ridding yourself of all moral filth and evil excess, that goes back to the first point, right? Avoid. Humbly receive the implanted word, which is able to save you. That's the second point, digesting. Now here's the third point. But be doers of the word and not hearers only. What do you think about that? Don't just be a person who prepares all your life and never engages. Don't just be a person who does something, who just thinks about it and plans for it and never engages. Be doers of the word and not hearers only. God is calling you to engage this year. And God uses the calendar and he uses the year to help us reflect and help us mark our lives. And I want you to think about one year from now. One year from now, with God's help, with God's help as you avoid sin, as you begin to digest the good things that God has for you, it's time to engage. It's time to step out. It's time to do something that you've never done before because you're tired of waiting and you're tired of preparing and it's time for you to engage and step in. I can't promise you success because success is in the Lord's hands. I just know this, that God has called you to be faithful. And if you're obedient and faithful and you take a step of faith, you will succeed. Maybe not the, when I say, uh, I can't promise success, I'm talking about success from your perspective, but you will succeed in God's perspective. So whatever God's put on your heart, I don't care how small it might seem to somebody else, 
If God's put it on your heart, it's time to engage. It's time to attack. It's time to step forward. It's time to participate. Maybe you've been living in the same neighborhood for many years and you've never met that neighbor. Can I just challenge you? Walk across the street. Meet that neighbor. Maybe you've always wanted to plant a garden and you've never really been able to do that. Why don't you plant that garden this spring? Maybe you want to start a hobby and you've never, you've never had the courage to start that hobby. Start that hobby. Enroll in that class. Get after that degree. Take a step. Time is ticking, but God is on your side. And the things he has in your heart, you may not know how the end is going to be accomplished, but you can take the first step. And with your help, he's going to help you with every step of the way. Go ahead. This is a year to get engaged in spiritual things. This is a year to read your Bible. This is a year to volunteer in church. This is a year to go ahead and join that 242 group. This is a year to volunteer in your community. This is a year to be generous the way God's called you to. This is a year to step out and to be the person God's called you to be. And along the journey, there's going to be some tough times and there's going to be some disappointments. But one year from now, if you avoid sin, if you digest the good things God has for you, and if you take the steps he's called you to take, you have no idea what God can do through your life, submitted to him, walking in the spirit, being everything God wants you to be. Engage in what he has for you. Amen. Well, let's stand together. So glad to get to preach God's word to you today. But we have a few minutes left before we dismiss today because one of the things I try to do, and we're very important in planning this sermon, this services, is we want to give you time to respond to the word, to digest the things that God's calling you, to apply those things to your life. If you're getting baptized in water today, at this time I want to invite you.